Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Rick Mulready, and we're going to talk about what's changed with Facebook ads recently and a new strategy that you can employ for better results. By the way, if you can't tell, I'm battling a little bit of a cold, so I apologize. I'm a little nasally. Uh, You can email me at podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com if you have any questions about today's show. And I've got a brand new discovery that I want to share with you. But before I do, I want to let you know that we don't, these are not ads. So we don't accept any money. Uh, We're not getting any kind of benefit from these tools that we share with you guys. We just bring it to you every week because we want you to benefit from the discoveries that we find. And with that, let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. After mediating a crocodile family dispute, look at what Michael Stelzner discovered. Okay, um, a few months back, Twitter got rid of the Twitter share counts and everybody was up in arms, including me. And uh, there are a number of cool tools out there that solve this problem. And I'm here today to share with you the one that we use at Social Media Examiner. And I'm going to tell you what it's called and how it works and why we, why we love it. It's called NewShareCounts.com. NewShareCounts.com. Now, our website is massive, and it works just fine on our website. What's cool about this is new share accounts, just you add a piece of code, almost like uh, Google Analytics code, to every page on your website. So if you paste this code in, wherever you paste in your Google Analytics code, it does kind of all the heavy lifting in the background. It interfaces with the official Twitter button. It interfaces with Sumo Me, with Add This, with Shareaholic, um, Social Warfare, Jetpack, and a whole bunch of other plugins. So what's really cool is it just essentially automatically works. And we use the Sumo Me plugin. And when you visit our website, uh, a few seconds after the load, the Twitter number displays and then the master aggregate number changes. And uh, it's just awesome to have that stuff back. I've been in um, communication with the founder of this company. There is no crazy business model. He just developed this as an awesome service to the community. And um, he's a really awesome developer. And, you know, eventually he said there probably will be some paid products that will come as a result of this. But um, I can't tell you how cool it is to actually have the share count back. And I know that... um, I know that we're not the only ones that are using it. Duct Tape Marketing is using it, um, uh, BuzzSumo, SEM Rush, and all sorts of other websites. So check it out. It's newsharecounts.com. 
I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And with that, let's transition over to today's interview with Rick Mulready. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Rick Mulready. If you don't know who Rick is, he's the host of the Art of Paid Traffic podcast, a podcast you definitely want to listen to. He's also a Facebook ads coach, and he has numerous courses on Facebook advertising, including his latest one called FB Ad Vantage. Rick, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. So um, today, Rick and I are going to explore what's changed with Facebook ads over the last few months and um, talk about what are some new strategies that works. So Rick, let's start with uh, your story. How did you get into Facebook ads? Because I don't think Facebook ads was always your focus, was it? Uh, It was not. And I come from a corporate online advertising background. So I spent uh, 12 years in the corporate space working for the likes of uh, AOL back on the East Coast. I worked for Yahoo, worked for Funny or Die, worked for a company called Vibrant Media. So my background is really in that corporate space, working with big brands and everything from banner ads back when they were the norm to, uh, to video ads, to search, to text advertising, all, all different types of online advertising. And uh, I did that right through when I left the corporate world in the 2012. But I got into Facebook ads around 2010. And that's because you know, I was seeing the opportunity that, that these big brands were having with these companies that I was working with, but it really left a big gap for the small business because they weren't able to afford the uh, minimum advertising spend that these big brands had. Mm-hmm. And this is around the time, like I said, 2010. And so Facebook was really starting its big rise and, you know, really making a name for itself as a, as a social platform at that point. And I was seeing what was happening there with small businesses. They were able to you know, really congregate there, really build a great um, raving fan base. Uh, you know, at, this was at a time when you could post on your on your page and people would see it. Exactly. Um, but also, you know, this is at a time when Facebook was starting to uh, allow allow businesses to advertise on there. Hmm. And so, you know, with the amount of information that Facebook had and still has, obviously about its about its user base, I was seeing how how small businesses were able to leverage. Facebook advertising to you know reach new audiences and and sell more of their products or services and because I came from that online advertising background I naturally gravitated towards the advertising side of Facebook and I just would you know it was just some, it was just something that really caught me about it so I said you know what I'm going to dive into Facebook advertising while I'm in my corporate job but I want to just kind of teach myself as much as I possibly could 
And I kind of had a plan at that point that I wanted to leave the corporate world. I wanted to kind of do something on my own. I just wasn't sure quite what it was. And I figured that Facebook advertising might be sort of that thing, if you will, that could help me do my own thing and leave the corporate world. And that's, you know, long story short is that's kind of what happened there. I really dove into Facebook ads. I loved it. I saw the power in it. I taught myself as much as I possibly could. I started running other campaigns for entrepreneur friends and, you know, sort of, as they say, it was, it's history after that. I just, I, I ended up leaving my corporate job in the 2012 and have been doing the Facebook ads thing um, ever since. Now, as you mentioned before, I didn't always just focus on Facebook ads for a couple of years. For the first couple of years, I did focus on sort of social media in general. Yeah, you had, and, what was it, Inside Social Media or something like that? Was yeah, it? Inside Social Media podcast. Yeah, so I was interviewing heads of social media from some of the biggest brands around the world and talking about what they were doing well in social media, but also how small businesses could model what they were doing. And, you know, that was great, but I was still always pulled back towards the Facebook ad side. I just loved it. That's been my life for so, you know, the online advertising part has been my life for so long. And when, so, yeah, when, um, when did you start the, the new podcast, The Art of Paid Traffic? How long have yeah, you been doing that? Yeah, that, that was January of 2015. So, a little over a year ago now. And it's a, week, it's a weekly podcast. Tell people kind of what you do on that show. Yeah. So, we, uh, we obviously cover a lot of Facebook advertising on that show, but we talk about pretty much everything else when it comes to paid traffic as well, whether it's YouTube ads or copywriting or landing pages. We're doing a series right now at the time of this recording, we're doing a, a mini series on like metrics and analytics and sort of thing. So whatever kind of topic that you can think of when it comes to paid traffic, we cover it on the show. And it's a, and it's a combination of sort of case studies. I have, um, you know, experts on to talk about different things, what they're doing and, and teaching what they know uh, as far as their expertise. And I, I also do um, solo shows to talk about, you know, what I'm doing in my business, Facebook ads and, and that sort of thing. So let's zoom in on Facebook ads and how they've changed over the last, you know, six months to a year, because chances are pretty good that people that are listening right now that have dabbled in Facebook ads might be doing exactly the same thing that they were doing a mm -hmm. few years ago and may not understand what's shifted or evolved. Can you kind of open our eyes a little bit to what's changed? Yeah, for sure. And a lot has changed over the past um, year or so. And, and we'll, I'll kind of kind of touch on different areas that have that have changed. Number one, the targeting has changed. Um, you know, we can now and we have for a little while now, but we've been able to uh, upload our email list, for example, and create a targeting audience out of people who are on our email list. We can retarget people coming to our website, for example, or a landing page that we have. They've also rolled out something called detailed targeting. So when most people think of, you know, the sort of the stereotypical type of targeting that when uh, people think of Facebook ads, they think of, oh, I can target, you know, another fan page, another, another Facebook page of my competitor or somebody in my space. That's called interest targeting. Well, Facebook is, has actually since rolled out something called detailed targeting, and it's only been out a few months now, where, and what that is, is before you could target, let's just say we want to target social media examiner and then target I don't know, Entrepreneur Magazine. Well, okay. we could only do it or. So I could target my ads to people who had an interest in Social Media Examiner or Entrepreneur Magazine. Whereas now, we can target people, we can set our ads up so that we can target people who have an interest in Social Media Examiner and Entrepreneur Magazine. Mm. So we can get really, really targeted with that. And we can even take it a step further. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Yeah. Interest versus fans of, is it the same thing? What is Yeah, the, what, it's the same thing. It is, okay. Yeah. It, could you, in the past, target um, other people's pages 
It sounds, yes, I, didn't, I didn't realize, is it every page or is it just some pages? <laughs> it's infuriating. <laughs> the answer is not every page, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately, when you, you might have the, like the greatest page ever, you're like, you know what, this is a perfect page I want to, I want to target in my business um, because it's one of my, I don't know, competitors pages and it's a great big Facebook page. It's perfect. You try, you try to type it in there to you, to the, uh, you know, the detailed targeting, the interest section of your targeting and it doesn't show up. Hmm. Not every page is available to target, unfortunately. And I don't have a good reason why. I've actually asked Facebook this directly, and I've always gotten kind of different answers. Does it have to be of a certain size? Um, like it, typically the larger ones? Tip, typically, yes, but that's not always the case. I've seen cases where you know an audience or a, a, pan, a page has a huge audience and you can't target it, while a page has only a few thousand maybe uh, fans, and you can target that. Hmm. So mostly that is the case, but it's not always the case. Okay. So you were talking about detailed targeting and you can now combine variables together, right? Someone who likes, someone who's a fan of social media examiner and entrepreneur magazine, which would kind of be a sub-segment of our audience, right? Someone who's perhaps a solopreneur, right? Yeah, exactly. And you can also take it a step further and exclude an audience now. Mm. So you could say, I want to target fans of, excuse me, social media examiner and entrepreneur magazine, but exclude people who like, I don't know, Ink Magazine. Mm. So you can take it a step further and get really, really detailed with it. Very cool. What's the benefit of doing that? I mean, like, have you messed around with that? Does that actually result in better response to advertisements? It does because you can get a lot more granular with your targeting. So rather than just saying, you know, Social Media Examiner is, you know, is my target audience, excuse me, but now maybe I want to reach a real detailed sub-segment of that audience. And so now I can do that. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's what detailed targeting really allows us. Uh, really allows us to do. Has there been any other evolutions when it comes to Facebook ads? Um, yeah, go for it. For sure, for sure. And this was really, really apparent when Facebook reported its Q4 earnings just a couple months ago. They, you know, it was they came out and said, you know, in so many words, look, our customer is not the not the advertiser. Yes, they're making money off of advertising, but their customers are the Facebook users. Mm. You know, there's over 1.5 billion users on Facebook now. And so what Facebook recognizes that is that without these users, they're not going to have advertisers coming to advertise on the platform. So the evolution really here is, is that Facebook is now at all costs protecting the user experience on Facebook. It's why we hear so many times where people get their account shut down or banned or or whatever it might be, it's because Facebook has these you know, pretty strict um, ads policies that you need to abide by when you're running Facebook ads. And the reason for these policies that we have in place is because they want to make sure the advertisers are thinking value first and making sure that they're taking care of the users on Facebook. So what that means, the evolution really is, is yes, you can still run an ad to like an opt-in page or a webinar registration page or whatever that might be, but sort of the evolution there is it's now a very good practice, and I'm sure that we'll talk about this at some point further here in the conversation, about giving them value first. So giving, your, giving content away for free, no opt-in or anything like that, and then using retargeting to get those people who are consuming your content back into uh, and onto your email list mm-hmm. from, from there, or even op- offering them like an inexpensive sale. So that's been a big evolution, focusing on value first. I want to I want to dig into some of the new advertising types um, mm-hmm. that have recently come up. Um, 
I know there's a whole slew of different kinds of ads that didn't exist a year ago. Can you review some of them? Sure. Video and carousel ads are the two are the two big ones. So let's start with video. Um, I just read this stat last week, and I'm going to try to remember what it was. A hundred million hours of video are being consumed on Facebook every day right now. Wow. Yeah, it's it's huge, and they're catching up to. I think it's now like one sixth of YouTube. I think YouTube was like 600 million hours or we are a day or something like that. Facebook is catching up really quickly. And so what does that mean? A lot of video is being consumed on Facebook. And as an advertiser, that's a great opportunity for us to leverage video on a platform where there's over 1.5 billion people on there. And I think the autoplay thing is a big deal. Does that work for video ads as well? Uh, it is. So what happens when the video comes into the newsfeed is that it is autoplay, meaning when the, when the video comes in, it's automatically playing. However, it's muted. And so what someone has to do in order to, to hear that, if, it's, if they're on their desktop computer, they actually have to click the little uh, speaker button. Or if they're on their phone, they have to tap the video in order to hear it. So that comes into it's really important that if you're going to be using a video ad, within the first 10 seconds of the video or so, you have to get their attention visually to get them to click or tap on the video so that they can hear it. What I see a lot of people doing is giving away their, like, their best stuff within the first 10 seconds when oftentimes someone hasn't even you know, unmuted the video yet. So they, don't, they miss that and excuse me, they're, they're moving along in the video and they've really missed that important part. Yeah, and I remember in the last few weeks they've introduced captions on video ads so that um, at least you can have um, some words being displayed. If you have a talking head, for example, in your ad, uh, those captions can be displayed, uh, which is kind of cool because if someone doesn't go to the point of unmuting, at least they can experience uh, what the words are that are being said on the screen, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's a great strategy to try, you know, try to get them to get people to engage with your uh, video, even though, as you just said, Mike, they might not be hearing it at that point. Carousel ads. What, Carousel what ads is are that? Really, yeah, yeah, they're really interesting, and they're playing around. Facebook is playing around with how many different images that you can have in there. I've seen uh, five is sort of the norm. I've seen up to ten. I've seen more than that. And essentially, what that is, it's an image ad. Um, that will appear in the newsfeed when you set it up, but it rotates through. It has multiple images within that uh, image space. And so the cool thing about it is you can have five different, let's just, let's just call it, like, let's just say it's five different images. You can have those five different images and each image is going to be linking out to something different. So this might be, this might be good if you are, let's just say you want to send people to, I don't know, different blog posts on your website. You want to give value away and you want to see which topic performs the best. So maybe you're talking, you're sending people to, I don't know, a video, I'm sorry, an article about Instagram ads, Facebook ads, YouTube ads, Twitter ads, and Google AdWords, you know, and you just kind of want to test to see which one, which, you know, which one performs the best. You know, where do people have the most interest? Well, you can set that up with a carousel ad and it has a little arrow um, that you can scroll through on the ad. You can people will be able to scroll through each of those images. And the cool thing is, is that from an advertiser's perspective, you'll be able to see detailed reporting for each one of those images that you have uh, in the carousel. So this is cool for an example, like I just mentioned. You can have, um, you know, different. Maybe you have testimonials that you want to, you know, share with people. You have different people uh, in each image. Maybe you are in e-commerce where you're having different products in each. Uh, of those images. So carousel ads are a really interesting 
uh, new ad type that they've rolled out. Now, is this only a mobile ad platform or is this also on desktop? Uh, this is both, both on desktop and, and uh, on mobile. And I, I think it just shows about two and a half ads, right? And then you have to kind of scroll through them. Does that sound about Correct. right? Yes, exactly. So it sounds complicated and it seems to kind of fly in the face of traditional marketing where you would just simply advertise one thing. Mm-hmm. Why would someone want to do a carousel ad, I guess is the question. Yeah, like kind of the example I just mentioned, like if you're looking to send people, you want to kind of test out different pieces of content um, where you want to see which one, which topic performs the best, or maybe you're just trying to get, you know, overall people, you just want to drive more people to uh, your website and offer different types of content for them to choose, uh, to choose from. So that's one good opportunity. Um, it could be a really cool opportunity for, let's just say you're retargeting people who have come to your sales page right. and haven't bought and you have testimonials from some of your current students or, cool. or your, your current customers or clients, you could have an image of one of your clients in one of these images that links to uh, your testimonials page or something or that part of your sales page or however you have it set up. And you have five different images of five different customers that you could Do you have to uh, use five profile. or just is it up to five? Uh, right. I mean, it, it kind of varies. Like Facebook is testing the, um, I personally have five. I've heard people have 10. I've heard people have more than that. Oh, wow. Uh, and so Facebook is kind of playing around with that right now. And um, does this does this cost more money to do a carousel ad? No, it's the same. And I know it's obviously a little more complicated because you're actually preparing a bunch of little ads, aren't you? It's actually not that bad. So when you, when you go to set it up, all you're really doing is, yes, I mean, you do have to do five times the work in a sense of you have to upload you know, the five different images, the different Tracking. URLs, and yeah. the different text for it. But it's really not that bad. Um, do they have uh, an ability to optimize which ones show up based on clicks? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like if one seems to I do. deliver more? I don't think that's a great question. I think that's a manual process on your end. Gotcha. Because you're able to see the breakdown like in ads manager reporting. Um, and that's a great point, Mike. I, I don't think that Facebook at this point right now is optimizing more towards one of them right. simply because there's no way to you know, automatically update the, the images because you've chosen five images to rotate through. Yeah, I would but think I, maybe they like could, something they could do. Yeah, they could probably show the ones that get the most clicks first. Yeah. Um, video, let, let's go back to video. What are some best practices when it comes to ads for videos? Um, I've seen Gary Vaynerchuk put really long videos mm-hmm. into ads and I don't know if he's boosting them or what he's doing exactly, yeah. but what, like, what are your recommendations to people that want to mess with video ads? Well, one of the questions I get often, most often is how long should the video be? And I'm going to give an answer that, that <laughs> probably your audience isn't going to like, Mike, is that the video length needs to be as long as it needs to be. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is there's really no right or wrong for the video. You know, I've seen success with videos that are anywhere between, you know, 30 seconds up to uh, six minutes or something like that. And I've heard other stories where I've had students have really long videos where we're talking like 20 minutes plus and they've done really well. You know, the idea is, is you want to be, you want to, you want to think about educating people in the video, but you also want to remember that what type of platform that Facebook is. It's a fun sort of informal platform. So you want to be kind of, entertaining them a little bit, you know, in the video while also uh, trying to educate and get them to take action 
whatever you want them to do, whether it's go to a landing page or, or whatever that might be. So, you know, when it comes to the length, you know, just, just try to remember that you're trying to accomplish those things, but you're trying, you are trying to do it in as short amount of time as possible, simply because most people, you know, they're on Facebook, they're on their phone, they're in line at Starbucks, they're kind of flipping through. So if you catch their attention, you got to be able to, you got to be able to keep their attention for, for, you know, as long as they want to be engaged with it. So there, you know, as far as a sweet spot goes, I would shoot for maybe between 45 seconds and say three ish minutes or so. Um, Again, that's going to be, there's really no right or wrong there, but you have to be able to have enough time in that video to kind of get the point across. Um, The great thing about video is that people can, you know, sort of see your mannerisms. It's a great way for you to connect with your audience and vice versa because they're seeing you, they're hearing you, they're able to watch what you're doing, they're able to see how you teach or whatever you're talking about. So it's a great way to, uh, to connect. The other thing too, I hear a lot, you know, and, and I'm, I'm one of those people too, is that they're like, oh, I hate being in front of the camera. So I would never do a video ad. Well, don't let that stop you. I do recommend, at least at, in the first part of the video, if you can be on front in, in front of the camera, um, do try and be in front of the camera for at least the first few seconds. Because remember- So talking heads it, work, huh? What's that? Talking heads work, huh? Yeah. And, and it, it goes back to what we were talking about before, Mike, is what, when the video comes into your newsfeed, it's muted. So if you're talking, if someone sees you talking, they're more likely to connect with you and want to hear what you're having to say, as opposed to, um, you know, just going right to like a keynote presentation or a PowerPoint presentation. You can still cut to that, but I would recommend trying to get in front of the camera, you know, you know, FaceTime in front um, at first. And I would say the other big objection is that people think they have to have this vast, you know, production or hire a, hire a crew to shoot the videos. Grab your iPhone, grab your Android device. The, the newest phones have great cameras on them. Those are good. Like those are enough to be making really good, high quality HD videos that you can be using in your ads. How does how do they bill? I mean, I, I've heard YouTube doesn't charge you for the first X number of seconds. Is mm-hmm. it the same with Facebook, or how does that work exactly? Well, it depends on what objective that you choose. So with the videos, you can choose video views as your objective, meaning like. I just want to get many, as many people as possible to see um, the video. And then you, have, uh, you can use video for uh, conversions, website conversions, or clicks to website, meaning I just want to drive traffic. So it really depends on what your, uh, what your objective. objective is. But what you're, talk- what you're talking about, Mike, with like YouTube, uh, video views uh, is going to be most like what, what YouTube is looking at. And do, and- they, do they charge you for the... Because um, like... What's going through my brain is, you know, they auto play and like someone's yeah. scrolling down the newsfeed. Do I get charged when it auto plays or does it have to play for a couple it's seconds or what? Three seconds, three seconds or more. Okay. And so that you're totally right. It's a totally valid point. And I think that's really why Facebook has kind of shifted as opposed to reporting on video views, as opposed to the total number of hours of video that's being watched. Mm. Because they're trying to align more and, and compete with a with a YouTube. Granted, they're very different platforms and very different things. But when you can say, "Look, on Facebook, we have a hundred million hours of view, of video views, of video viewing every single day," you know, if if YouTube is reporting the same way, Facebook can kind of be kind of apples to apples um, that comparison. But yeah, if you're counting on video views, you if you have a good video, I mean, heck, you can be paying pennies, like one to three cents per video view. And again, that is three seconds or more on, on the video. Do the ads take over the entire screen? Uh, or Because I've seen some videos on Facebook where it kind of encourages me to go watch the next video. You know what I'm talking about, right? 
on I don't know if you've seen this on Facebook where you start watching a video and then below there is another one and it kind of wants to keep me watching videos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, show you with, kind of with the video ones. ads, does it like take over the entire screen so that when you do position when you do get someone unmute and play a video, is it like Snapchat where you have all of the real estate, if you will, while they're on watching mobile? That? Yes. Okay. On that, mobile, that's yeah, cool. You do cool. And do you find that it it's it's more economical than the alternative types of Facebook advertising? Uh, especially on mobile video, video is going to be, uh, going to do a lot better primarily for, especially for when it comes to video views, it's going to perform a lot better on, on mobile. Now, granted you, you want to be testing this out. I've seen way big, way bigger success when it comes to video on the mobile device, especially when it comes to video views. Let's shift over to Instagram. Um, Facebook owns Instagram. Mm -hmm. How much of this stuff applies to Instagram? Really, all of it does apply. However, and I'll kind of caveat that a little bit, Instagram definitely has its own uh, policies. They're a little bit more stringent. And you might be saying, well, heck, Facebook is really stringent as it is. Instagram is even a little bit more stringent in you know their policies and that sort of thing. And the type of images or video that you're going to use on Instagram is likely or probably should be a little bit different than what you, do, you would do on Facebook. Because of the fact that Instagram is, you know, it's very much a lifestyle type of platform. So you want to make sure that your ads are reflecting that type of, you know, lifestyle feel to the platform. Like quote, so, inspirational quotes, uh, pictures of, you know, things that typically people might put on Instagram. Is that what you're talking about? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They really don't want you doing anything kind of out, 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 outright salesy. Now, granted, Facebook doesn't either, but Instagram definitely doesn't want you to be um, doing that. And does the 20% text rule, which, um, briefly describe the 20% text rule on Facebook and does it apply to Instagram? It does apply to Instagram. And basically the 20% rule is just means that Facebook does not allow you to have more than the image can't be taken up more than of 20% text. And the reason for that is basically Facebook doesn't want the newsfeed to be, uh, you know, a big billboard, you know, as you're scrolling through. Mm -hmm. So make sure, and you can have, and Facebook's, um, just if you Google Facebook grid tool or ad grid tool, it will come up. You can upload your image, uh, that you've created for it into that grid tool. And it will, you just click on the little grids and it'll tell you exactly what percentage of the overall area of the image is text. And if it's over 20%, you need to redo it. Has your experience been that they're pretty strict on this? Like sometimes yes. they'll say yes. And sometimes they'll say no. And yeah, I mean, yeah, what you it, don't, yeah. yeah, what you don't want to do is like, oftentimes it'll get through now, granted, there's a there's sort of a two-step uh, process on the approval of ads. It, the the initial approval is being done by Facebook's algorithm. So what happens a lot of time is that the ads will be approved, and this this goes beyond you know ad images and the twenty percent rule too. They'll get approved, but maybe and they'll start running for a day or so, and then they'll get you know they'll get declined. They'll get not approved, and that's get because review right. Yeah, exactly. So because people are actually going through. And reviewing these ads, so it might get through the whole automa- automated algorithm to begin with, but then they get caught up in the approval process after that. The the other thing, Mike, about the in- about Instagram is that the cool thing is is that all the same targeting opportunities that you have on Facebook are the same for Instagram. So Very cool. that's really cool. Do you stuff. get a link? Because you know how hard it is; it's like impossible to link outside of Instagram. <laughs> Do they provide that on the ads for Instagram? You, you get a call to action button. Okay. And so right now at the time of this recording, it's a learn more button. So by clicking that, it will take you out to, you know, whatever landing page that you have. 
And yeah, that's a that's a that's a really big thing because as you mentioned, you, you know, there's no you can't have a clickable uh, URL if you post on Instagram just on a regular a regular post. Excellent. Um, now earlier in the interview, you alluded that um, we should think about a new strategy for creating ads on Facebook. Yep. Let's kind of dig into your strategy here. Yeah, so this really goes back to the whole, you know, thinking value first. And this is really what Facebook wants us advertisers to be, how they want us to be approaching <clears throat> our 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 ads. And this comes in, you kind of have you kind of kind of have to start out by remembering and thinking about the type of traffic that you're targeting your ads to. You know, what is it cold traffic? Is it warm traffic? Is it hot traffic? So let's just really quickly define that. Cold traffic is essentially people who might not know who your business is. So if you're targeting, you know, other fan pages on Facebook that their audiences are going to be, you're going to be introducing yourself to those audiences. They don't know who you are. That's cold traffic. Mm. Warm traffic is going to be kind of people who are on your email list or maybe, um, <clears throat> excuse me, website visitors. People have come to your website, that sort of thing. Hot traffic is going to be people who have either bought from you or uh, maybe kind of taken a, t- a few steps with you. Maybe they've opted in a few times um, and, you know, high interaction rate with you is going to be that hot traffic. So approaching each one of those sort of traffic temperatures, if you will, uh, through the eyes of how Facebook wants you to approach, how, how Facebook wants you to approach advertising from a value first perspective. So that cold traffic, they don't know who you are. So you have to warm them up to you. You have to give value to them. You have to get them to, you know, the whole no like, and trust. You have to start to build that relationship. So maybe some educational them. videos or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Helpful blog articles, you know, podcast episodes, that sort of thing. So you're using your Facebook ad to drive people to this content. And then on those pages, whether it's, you know, a podcast page or a blog post, whatever that might be, you have areas for people to opt in on that page. However, you're also retargeting, you're building a retargeting audience of those people who are coming to those pages. So you have the Facebook pixel on the page there you're building a retargeting audience of people coming to that page so that those people who don't opt in, you can turn around and retarget those people to try to get them to opt into your email list. And that then, then it becomes that warm traffic. So once they're on email list, then you can start to email them, retarget them to try to get them to take the next step in your, in your sales funnel, if you will. So that's really this new strategy that Facebook really wants us um, doing is giving value first warming those people up to your brand and to your business and giving them value first and then turning around, retargeting them, getting them on your email list so that they can take the next step, you know, in your, in your, uh, in your business funnel. So what I hear you saying is too many advertisers are just direct selling to audiences that don't know who they are. And, and as a result of that, they're not probably getting the results that they were hoping for. And I'm guessing they're probably having to spend more money as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, what I'm not saying, though, is like a lot of times people think like, well, what? I can't send people directly to an opt-in page or directly to you know, a webinar registration. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying test out different things. But the where Facebook is really heading here is it really wants you giving that value first. Now, with a webinar that could be considered value because you're going to be, you know, if they sign up for your webinar, you're going to be giving them free value for however long the webinar um, is, you know, so that could be considered value as well. Just don't be stuck in one specific strategy here. Think, be thinking value first when you're going to be doing your ads. Well, I like the idea of sending them to a page where there's a lot of value and 
possibly maybe a video and then the option to get even more value. And then when mm -hmm. they get on the email list, you can upload that email list to Facebook, right? And yep. then you can remarket or yeah, target, I guess, those people on that list. Have you found good results when you upload email lists to Facebook? Absolutely. Yeah. Those are along with your Facebook fans. That's, those are often your, 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 your best performing ads, your least expensive, um, ads. And, and some people might be saying, well, if I'm going to send Facebook ads to a blog post, for example, I'm paying for those costs, per, you know, I'm paying per click and then I'm going to turn around and retarget those people. So I'm paying again to reach those people again. Well, oftentimes you'll find that, that, that the cost to do that overall is less than if you were to send them directly to you know, an opt-in page or whatever that might be. And, and they, but the other thing too is that the quality of that lead is better because they've kind of taken a few steps to get onto your email list. They've consumed your content. They see the value that you're providing. And then they then, they then take another step to join your email list. You know, so they've taken a couple steps to get there, which is kind of further qualifying them. So it's going to be a higher value uh, person coming onto your email list. What do you want to say to the person listening right now that says, well, I've already got their email address. Why don't I just email them? Um, think about what your open rate is. You know, the average open rate, let's just say 20 to 30-ish percent. Right. So that, that still leaves 70 to 80% of the people on your email list who are not seeing your content, whatever you, you, know, whatever you sent out to them. Very good point. You, yeah, you want to be in front of them as mu in, in as many different places as you possibly can. So yes, continue emailing them, but get in front of them on Facebook as well because they're spending a whole lot of time there. Awesome. Well, Rick, we could go on and on for hours. Um, I know that this was really awesome and I learned a ton of new stuff. Why don't you tell people where they can discover more about you and whatever else you've got going on? Cool. Well, when the time of this, uh, when this um, uh, episode comes out, we are launching my, you mentioned it at the very beginning, my FB Advantage Facebook Ads training course. This is my flagship course. And uh, we have a webinar coming up. We have actually three live webinars coming up uh, the last week of March. And so if people would like to check out one of those free live trainings, I'm going to be talking about um, the, kind of what we talked about here today, but going in a lot deeper, a lot more visual stuff, case studies and everything. So if people would like to check out one of those webinars, they can go to rickmulready.com forward slash, excuse me, SME. Is that, After, is that lowercase or, or uppercase or does it matter? It doesn't, doesn't matter. doesn't okay. matter. Yeah, keep going. Um, you were going to say? Yeah, after March 31st, if it, since the- 2016 um, for those that are listening. 2000, yeah. 2016, yes. Since those webinars will be over, um, people can still go to that same URL, rickmulready.com forward slash SME. And I'm going to have a complete guide cheat sheet to Facebook ads pixels. It's one of the questions I get almost on a daily basis. I had, I've had probably six conversations already today about Facebook pixels. So I break it down. Uh, everything you need to know about the new Facebook Pixel, why it's different or how it's different from uh, the previous Pixels, how to use them. Uh, it's going to be a, uh, a complete guide cheat sheet for everybody. Again, it's rickmulready.com forward slash SME. And I, I want to encourage everyone. I am not an affiliate of Rick Mulready. I don't gain anything from you checking this out. He's just got this awesome course and I think you should check it out. So rickmulready.com. How do you spell Mulready? M-U-L. R-E-A-D-Y. Awesome. Real Rick, on behalf of everybody that uh, is listening right now, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your insights and demystifying some of the cool stuff uh, that's been going on uh, with Facebook advertising. You bet. Thanks so much for having me on, Mike. Appreciate it. Well, I hope you got a lot out of today's show. I know there was a lot that we talked about. And if you missed anything, don't worry. We took all the notes for you. 
visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 190. That stands for episode 190. Wow, I can't believe we're coming up on 200. Uh, There you'll find all the notes and uh, all the links and all that fun stuff. Also, don't miss any future episode of this podcast by hitting that subscribe button. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.